0: if you actually understand what you're doing and why you're doing what you're doing, then not only is it more sustainable, not only will you be able to, like like life happens, so you will quote unquote, I hate this saying, but fall off the reins or Mm -hmm. whatever it is. But when you have that knowledge, you're able to get back to it a lot faster. You're Mm -hmm. able to actually notice when things are askew a lot quicker and you're really just able to feel empowered.
1: welcome back to the pod i'm reporting to you live from kentucky this week i'm here for two weeks at a horse show having the time of my life and of course running the business making content taking care of my clients all in between the action If you didn't know already being a horse girl is basically my double life and when I'm not CEOing it's a pretty safe bet that I'm at the barn or on the road for show jumping and whenever I'm out of town I'm really intentional with adjusting how I show up in my business too. I typically take little to no meetings and coaching calls. I pass a lot off to my team and I also create our sales plan around my travel so that I can have the best of both worlds and honor the way my time and energy and effort fluctuates when I am in different seasons or trips, things like that. That way I can support all of my clients, hit all of our revenue goals, move projects forward, and live my best life. So I am obviously a big fan of planning life and work around the ebbs and flows and this week's episode is going to give you some amazing science-based tools for doing exactly that with your cycle. So we have with us women's health expert and certified holistic nutritionist, Nicole Bendayan, who gave us so many hacks, shifts, and empowering pieces of advice for harnessing our cycle as our superpower, including unlocking more energy, focus, confidence, and better results in business and our personal lives. And Nicole does such a great job simplifying the must-know concepts around our hormones and cycle so that you can feel more empowered And confident in your body as a result of this episode. So let's jump right in. Hello, Nicole. Welcome to the show. How's your day going so
0: far? Hi, it's going great. Thanks for having me.
1: Yeah, super excited to dive in. And historically, on my podcast, episodes with women who are experts in hormones and fertility and women's wellness are like huge episodes. People love them because I know it's a topic that is just not talked about enough. Like Mm -hmm. it's not something that we are educated on growing up. And there are so many things, especially like, I know we're going to get into birth control and cycle syncing. That was stuff that like I had to learn by force, like, because my health and life was like in shambles. (laughs) And that was the only way that I was forced to learn about this stuff. So I I love, we can hopefully be a bit more proactive
0: (laughs) for our listeners and shed some light on those things. Definitely, I'm looking forward to getting into it.
1: Yeah, for sure. So, I would love for you to just give us kind of the origin story or the overview of how you became aware of hormone health and women's wellness and your journey. Especially, I think for you as well, it kind of was kickstarted by learning more about birth control. So, can you tell us more about that that era
0: for you? For sure, that was a long era. I went on birth control when I was about 16 and I had been on it pretty much since I had reproductive hormones. I was on synthetic hormones and, you know, I loved it at first. It was super easy to use. I didn't have to worry about anything. It just, you know, it worked for me. But then after a few years, I started getting a lot of negative symptoms I started experiencing really bad yeast infections and low libido and brain fog and anxiety and all of these issues. And about three, four years in, I kept having this reoccurring thought that just, I don't know myself without synthetic hormones. Mm. And it was just this you know, intrusive thought that kept popping up because it was true. I had known that hormones obviously play a factor in how we live our day-to-day lives. I was also very much so into food and nutrition and health and wellness and biohacking and all of that kind of stuff, but I just couldn't feel good. I was always, you know, every, it seemed like every three weeks I had something else that I was dealing with. Mm. So after a little while, I kept going to my doctors and I went to three. Four doctors within three years, every single one of them totally dismissed me. I had even asked, like, does this have anything to do with my birth control? Mm, and Of course always, not. Of course not. What do you mean? Birth control is, you know, the be all end all. It's great. Nothing's wrong. But I just wasn't getting the health care that I really knew that I deserved Mm -hmm. and wasn't being listened to so I started doing my own research I ended up going off of birth control and I remember even up until that last doctor's appointment I remember sitting in this like cold sterile room and told my doctor that I wanted to get off of birth control because it was giving me anxiety and she was like no it's not (laughs) but but I think it is and she kept dismissing me and I stuck to my guns and I was like okay I want I want it out And so I got it out and, you know, pretty rapidly things started to feel a lot better. I stopped getting yeast infections. I stopped bleeding. I like bleeding after sex, which was Mm -hmm. something that I had for so long. Mm. And, you know, I just felt finally more at home in my body. So I started doing all this research, found every single one of my symptoms on these like newspaper sized pamphlets, you know, and it really, it really stung that I wasn't able to be an active participant in my healthcare to have the knowledge to truly have had informed consent when it came to this. And so I went off of it and that research led me into researching about just my regular hormones. And that's when I found out that there was four phases to my menstrual cycle. Mm. And that blew my mind honestly blew my mind because here i am you know well informed thought i was well informed yeah was really into food nutrition was getting certifications in nutrition in holistic nutrition and i had no idea that there was four phases to my cycle yeah so that's really when i started going deep into, okay, so estrogen is a hormone that does this and it needs to be metabolized and it needs to be supported in these kinds of ways. And then progesterone is another hormone that does other things that need to be supported and metabolized in in other ways. So why aren't we doing that on a cyclical basis, given our hormones are constantly fluctuating in this- Right. Why are we
1: expecting everything to be the same day after day after day when our bodies are like constantly in flux-
0: Exactly, yeah. and to finally come to the knowledge that so much of the information that I had had previously was research that had been done on men mm. and postmenopausal mm-hmm. women, and it was just really eye-opening. And you know, that's when I changed my holistic nutrition business into my cycle syncing business, and really tried to bring it to the world. And it's gratefully become really well received. And it is a topic that needs to be talked about a lot more because I think about it and I'm like, if I knew the things that I knew now when I was mm-hmm. you know, 15, 16, going through puberty and dealing with all of these hormones and not having a grasp on myself, not having trust in myself, mm-hmm. not really knowing what to do and having all this uncertainty, I would have had so much more confidence. I would have felt so much more at home in my body. And really, I just hope to be able to bring that to other people.
1: Yeah. And that is like, I see so many parallels in my journey with yours as well. Like I was so interested in wellness, like back in high school, I was really into like clean eating and like working out and I was like nerding out over all of that stuff. But then when it came time to like, I asked to go on birth control because I had like a long-term boyfriend at that time. And like, to me, the worst thing in the world was like a pregnancy scare. Right. So I was like, mom put me on birth control, like not a second thought. Like my mom didn't think twice about it. My doctor didn't tell me any of the risks. Like, and it's not to say that it's not a great resource or it's not the right call for people, but the the lack of absolute like education mm-hmm. or awareness of what decision I was even making is exactly. like a problem, you know? And so then I was on birth control for several several years and just like you like I grew up on synthetic hormones and like by the time I felt more of like an adult I had no idea what it was like to actually be naturally naturally like cycling and going through those different phases of my cycle but until I knew better I was just like wow this is amazing I can just skip my period forever <laughs> like this is the best thing ever and that's all I that's all I knew and no one talked about it so I'm so glad it's become more of a topic and something that women are not just learning about, but like embracing and harnessing mm-hmm. as like a positive thing. Cause that's something that I love about cycle syncing, which we'll get into is like, it kind of makes you feel like you're like unleashing like a superpower that oh, yeah. only women have, which is so cool.
0: Yeah. A hundred percent.
1: Yeah. Amazing. Okay. So for, and I've had guests on before to talk a little bit about birth control, but in case anyone has missed that episode, can you just give us the briefest, Overview of why it should be something that we know more about the risks or or essentially what is the function of birth control, how is it affecting our bodies, and why is it maybe not the the simple like solution that it's it's kind of sold
0: as? Mm -hmm. So there's a few different types of birth control. Of course, we all know oral contraceptives, the Mm -hmm. pill, those ones contain estrogen and progestin. And those ones you're likely going to see a lot more symptoms from. And what that does, it actually suppresses ovulation. So during that time, you're not actually ovulating. The bleed that you experience when you know you're you have the placebo week of the pill is actually just a withdrawal bleed. Mm-hmm. And you're not actually ovulating and you're not having those those cyclical hormones. It's really just pretty much one phase. Mm-hmm. So it's monophasic. And then you also have the progestin only. So that would be like the the IUD, the shot, and you can also have progestin-only pills, and that will suppress ovulation but not consistently, and that really helps to thin out the uterine lining. But what a lot of these are doing, they're cutting off the communication between your brain and your ovaries, because in order for you to actually cycle, actually ovulate and have a true period your hormones need to hit a certain threshold to then trigger another hormone to be released to then trigger the next event in your cycle. But when that's being disrupted, your brain ovary connection is also being disrupted. And then furthermore, especially the estrogen and progestin pill or birth control, they also have other issues that come in contact with that because it can affect your microbiome. So the gut bacteria, the healthy gut bacteria, which is responsible for your immune system, your metabolism, neurotransmitters, et cetera. It also affects your, your nutrient requirements. So birth control actually depletes nutrients, six specific nutrients. And if your body's not getting those, your body can't function properly. So it's really, really important that even if you do decide to stay on birth control, And, you know, talking about informed consent and being able to actually make those informed decisions is really important. So it's important to know that it's a group one carcinogen, that it disrupts your microbiome, that it depletes your nutrients. And then if you at least have that knowledge, you can... Make an informed decision to take it or not to take it, but then you can also support your body. So I was never told when I was going through all of these issues to take a multivitamin or specific vitamins. I was never told to take a probiotic. And those are things that could potentially help a little bit. And then also was never told that I was actually only fertile for about six to seven days of the month. And if I listen to my body and the biomarkers, the signs that my body is telling me that I can actually avoid pregnancy without the use of use of birth control, because that was really my fear. I like you said, getting having a pregnancy scare was one of my major, major fears. But if I had known this information, then I could at least weigh all my cards out or lay all my cards out. You know what I mean? Right. Yeah. Yeah,
1: absolutely. Okay. And I think that's really the biggest thing is like, it's not that it's not an amazing resource or that, you know, it's not the right call for so many people, but it's just about having that education and that like empowered consent and the, the awareness of like, if I am going to do it, these are the pros and cons. This, these are the ways I can support my body and yeah, I, I just hate that like we have an entire generation of women who like got on birth control so early had no idea like what we were committing to or putting our bodies through. And now a lot of us are kind of doing almost damage control, which sounds bad, totally. but that's that's genuinely what a lot of us are now doing.
0: Yeah, and we weren't given other options because a mm. lot of a lot of women or or people with uteruses go on birth control due to other menstrual related issues, yeah, you know, amenorrhea, not missing periods, or PCOS, endometriosis, mm-hmm. etc., and they're not given other resources and other options to be able to manage those naturally without all of these other side effects.
1: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So then, you know, I think it is a common experience where your doctor kind of blows off the side effects mm-hmm. or doesn't inform you about the risks, things like that. Or, you know, we I've done when I was a fitness coach, I like did quite a bit of research into PCOS because I would have clients with PCOS. And there are so many ways that you can make lifestyle changes or supplement mm-hmm. outside of just prescribing birth control, but doctors aren't talking about it. So for women listening who know that there might be more options or more that their doctor isn't either aware of or is not telling them. What's your advice for how they can better advocate for their health, like in maybe a doctor setting or with people who are supposed to be, you know, guiding them?
0: Mm -hmm. So I really bring everything back to education. Mm. I think knowledge is power and the more information that you have, the more that you can advocate for yourself, become an active participant in your healthcare and really do make those informed decisions. So it's important to find a healthcare practitioner that can walk you through a lot of those things. I focus Mm -hmm. on digital education because I want to be able to provide these resources for women who are experiencing them so that they can always come back to it. Because, Mm -hmm. you know, I've previously have worked with people and I'll tell them what to do. And six months later I'll reach out and they'll be like, yeah, I stuck to some things, but I didn't really know why I was doing it. So I just stopped. Mm. And that's really when I dove into education because if you actually understand what you're doing and why you're doing what you're doing, then not only is it more sustainable, not only will you be able to like, like life happens. So you will quote unquote, I hate this thing, but fall off the reins or mm-hmm. whatever it is. But when you have that knowledge, you're able to get back to it a lot faster. You're Mm -hmm. able to actually notice when things are askew a lot quicker and you're really just able to feel empowered. And I have courses specific to, of course, cycle syncing, but I have courses specific to PCOS and endometriosis as well as ditching birth control. And Mm -hmm. in those courses, I do talk a lot about actual terms that you can use with your doctor To yeah. make sure that you're actually getting the like speaking that you the same language, yeah, and even yeah. as simple as you know, I've known so many people. My, me myself a little while ago, my doctor refused to actually test me for certain things, mm-hmm. or was just like, "Yeah, I'll just test, I'll just test this," and I'm like, "Okay, but are you testing what I'm actually asking you to test? Or are you just doing a basic, yeah, you know, nothing test?" I did that too. Yeah. And if you go to your doctor and you're like, okay, I just want you to be able, I just want you to put it in your notes that you're refusing to give me this test. Just mm. put it in your notes. Let, let's it- put that on record. Yeah. Just put it on record that you're refusing to give this to me. And that usually works pretty well Yeah. Alone.
1: Yeah. Good to know. You know? And yeah, you have to be willing to like, I, I don't know the right way to say it, but like kind of like play hardball a little bit. Like mm-hmm. you have to advocate for yourself and like be willing to get a little uncomfortable.
0: And it is so intimidating yeah. to be in a doctor's office with this person who with good merit has an authority, yeah. but may not actually have all of the answers. And you know, when you're faced with someone who may have somewhat of an ego, it's, it's difficult because you're like, but I know that I'm able to do this naturally, so will you be able to give me those resources? And if they mm-hmm. don't, don't feel obligated to stick with the same healthcare professional. Mm -hmm. especially now, like there's so many things online. You have access to so many different avenues to be able to find someone that you really connect with Mm -hmm. that it's not necessary to stay with someone just because, you know, you've been going to them since you were a kid.
1: Right. That's your, that's your family doctor. Yeah. Yeah. And I found I live in Austin. So there's quite a good amount of availability to like alternative practices. Mm -hmm. Right. So there's like integrative medical doctors, functional medical, medical doctors, naturopaths, like there are so many different avenues. Of course, our healthcare system is like extremely broken. And so most of those aren't aren't covered by insurance and can be expensive out of pocket. But if you are in the position to invest in, you know, alternatives and kind of like go rogue, Mm -hmm. there are so many good resources that there's no reason to not at least be more educated and be able to advocate better for yourself versus just blindly following your
0: doctor. Totally. And going back to like digital education, especially in the States, you're able to, you know, online get some digital education, but then there's so many options for also doing at home hormone tests that you don't Mm -hmm. actually need to go to your doctor for that Mm -hmm. you can get these results. And if you work with someone online or you're informed about how to read your stats, then, you know, you can kind of bypass Mm -hmm. that issue a lot.
1: Yeah. Yeah. A few years ago, I did the Dutch test, which is mm-hmm. one of the at home like hormone tests. And I was working with actually a nutritionist and he read it and did kind of the analysis for me. But I even remember when I purchased the test, like you could add on having one of their people who are trained to read it, like mm-hmm. they can send you an analysis and they can send you a report. And so I definitely encourage people to seek out those resources and no- you don't have to become. An expert, or like become a nutritionist, or you know, go super deep down the rabbit hole, but at least understanding what you're working with. Because I had a really similar experience to you where I was diagnosed with Hashimoto's, and I only, I just honestly got lucky that I went to a specific doctor who ran the full thyroid panel. And without that, like, I know that so many women, their doctors only test their TSH, and to Mm -hmm. actually diagnose, if you only test that, you could go undiagnosed for years and years and years without doing a full thyroid panel. And so that's just a prime example of like, I I just got lucky, <laughs> but anyone else would need to know specifically to ask for that. Yeah. And then once I brought down my antibodies with lifestyle change and like supplementation, my conventional doctor back home was, like, shocked. Like, how did you do that? Like, I am just mind – I am in disbelief that, like, you are now in remission. What? And I was off medication. They were shocked.
0: Yeah. 100%. And it's also important to note here that when you do get hormone tests done, they are in the normal ranges. So there's, like, a very broad normal range. And that can also be, if you're at the very top or very bottom of that normal range, a lot of doctors will just be like, nope, you're normal. You're fine. It's in your head. But you really want to be in those optimal ranges. So Mm -hmm. even if you don't experience any hormonal issues at this current moment, it's really helpful to get those tests done when you're healthy so that you can also see where your base range is. Mm -hmm. And then in the future, if you notice that anything starts to happen, you can compare those against your normal ranges of when you're feeling really good. Yeah, you have a baseline.
1: That's a Mm -hmm. great tip. So other than I mentioned the Dutch test, are there any other favorite tests that you point your clients to or that you
0: recommend for at home or kind of like self-led testing? I mean, modern fertility is a great one. A lot of people think it's just if you... You know, want to make sure that you're fertile, but that can also be a really great one to to go for it. I'm not in the states, so I'm not too sure about all of the the testing in the states. But mm-hmm.
1: okay, perfect. Yeah, I've heard good things about Modern Fertility. I personally use the Dutch test D U T C H. If anyone wants to Google that, but that's definitely a great like option to explore. And like you said, even if you're feeling great, establishing that baseline is super helpful. Okay, amazing. So I know that we want to dive into cycle syncing and really harnessing that as a way to feel better, be more productive, be more energized, just like bump up our quality of life. So Mm -hmm. can you give us a little bit of like a crash course? What is cycle syncing? Why is it amazing? Where do we start?
0: Sure. Well, cycle syncing is the practice of tailoring your nutrition, fitness and lifestyle to the phases of your menstrual cycle. It was originally coined by Elisa Vitti, who is it with flow? I forget what her, her clinic's name is, but she was the one that originally coined the term, but what it is really is just living in tune with your cycle. So you have four phases of your menstrual cycle. You start off with your period or your menstrual phase, and that's when you're actually bleeding. That time should be between three and seven days. If it's anything below or above, that's a sign that something's off with your body. And that's something else to really, you know, to talk about is how your cycle will actually tell you so much about your overall health. So it's really important to understand the signs and symptoms of your your body and your cycle because it will actually inform you about your health. So going back to it, you start with your menstrual phase and then you go into your follicular phase. And this is when estrogen is rising and a follicle, which is what houses the egg, starts to develop. And throughout your follicular phase, one of those eggs will develop and that will produce estrogen. And then once estrogen hits a certain threshold, it will trigger another hormone to burst or to burst the follicle and actually release the egg and that's ovulation. So in and around ovulation is your ovulatory phase. And then once you ovulate, that follicle that once housed the egg now turns into the corpus luteum and that's what begins to produce progesterone. And that's your dominant hormone in your luteal phase and If implantation doesn't occur, if fertilization of that egg doesn't occur, then it will trigger the corpus luteum to just become scar tissue, stop producing progesterone, and that drop in hormones is what's going to trigger your next cycle. And your cycle should be be between about 26 and 36 days. And if it's anything above or below that, again, that's a sign that something is off in your body that needs talking to. And as well, if you experience PMS, PMS, although it's common, is definitely not normal. Mm. And I think we've normalized it so much that this is, oh, this is just something that we have to deal with. It's just part of being a woman, et cetera, et cetera. But there's actually five different types of PMS and they each have their own causes and natural remedies that can really, really benefit you. So yeah. If we want to get into that, we can also do that. Yeah. I mean, I
1: think that's definitely going to like raise some, I want to say red flags, like maybe some yellow flags cause some pause for people thinking like, okay, well, obviously if our hormones are shifting and like the our, our bodies are in flux phase after phase, it makes sense that we will feel mm-hmm. different. But like at what point does different become like an indication that something's up? Like what what is the threshold of like... This is PMS versus like I'm just in a certain stage of my cycle.
0: Yeah. So you can factor in that these hormones don't just affect your cycle. These hormones really affect every part of you. So, for instance, in your follicular phase, estrogen has a direct relationship on your brain. And it's shown that gray matter in your brain actually changes in size during your cycle. So During your follicular phase, you're likely to have better concentration, better focus, more motivation, more energy, et cetera. And in the luteal phase, progesterone has a calming effect. And this should usually cause you to feel a little bit more chill. And, but it may cause a little bit more brain fog. And it's important that if we know that we're able to go with those flows, and, you know, we can also factor in with fitness, estrogen has an effect on muscle or joints and ligaments so you're more prone to injury during that time so it's really important to warm up well and stretch well during that time and then your luteal phase is great for strength training and you know there's all of these different intricacies with your hormones from your mind to your skin to your body to how you feel to you know it's really all-encompassing so once mm-hmm. you're and it, I also want to say like right now if this is your first introduction to cycle syncing it likely sounds like a lot of information and like a lot to learn and may sound a little bit overwhelming. Yeah. But really once you start to tap into it, my recommendation always is just start tracking your symptoms. So just write down how you feel for a couple of cycles and you'll start to naturally notice certain certain patterns and with that you can start to tailor a little bit more. And really you know, what I say to all of my students and my clients, it's all about stacking. So you start with a baseline, you start with a a little bit of a foundational information, you know, and then you go and add something else to that. So you're like, okay, let me start cycle syncing my nutrition. So, you know, you get a cycle sync nutrient guide and you see great foods to have at each phase of your cycle. So you just start incorporating certain things during that time. And then you start cycle syncing your fitness and then your relationships and then your careers. And everything just starts to make so much more sense. And, you know, we actually have about on average, 451 menstrual cycles in our lives spanning 38.5 years. Yeah. That's a wild number. Yeah. Right? That's wild. So, you know, just start learning now and you'll recognize that as you start to do it, it just becomes second nature Mm -hmm. and you'll be so grateful that you just started doing it because it's really, really impactful.
1: Yeah. And I so agree that just like starting with the awareness and like the curiosity and noticing patterns, that's how I first started out. Like, I think I heard actually about cycle singing on someone else's podcast a few years ago. And you're right. I was like a little overwhelmed. I was like, there's so many things happening. Like, I don't know how I'll ever be able to keep track of this hormone's dropping. This hormone is increasing. This is how my energy is going. But I started just piecing together like, Mm -hmm. oh, I can feel myself more energetic this week or I can feel that I'm a little like more sluggish or a little foggy, but I'm getting my period soon. So that makes sense. Like it just starts making sense. And I think for me, I, I also try to incorporate that into my business and not always like sometimes I forget, but when it works out the way that aligns with my cycle, I notice a huge difference. Like if I am, let's say, doing a webinar, like I'm going to be at an event or something and it's around ovulation, right? Like that's when you're the most like confident and like outgoing and like sociable. I for sure notice a difference that versus right before my period when I'm like, mm, i rather stay home. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, totally. And I think one of my favorite things, especially when I first started, was the grace that I felt in myself.
1: Yes. The yeah.
0: ability to, you know, I'm someone who likes to be on the go, who always likes to do stuff, but I'm also someone that feel my go-to emotion is guilt. Mm. So I would feel guilty that I couldn't show up the way that I wanted to at certain times and that I would snap at my partner at some times or just feel negative in my relationships, whether that be with, you know, work, family, friends, whatever it is. And then I would feel guilty about it. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, two weeks later, I feel awesome. And I'm like, oh my gosh, this is great. Nothing's gonna affect me. Everything's great. Yeah. And then, you know, it seems like as soon as I feel great, something else hits me in the face. (laughs) Like, you know, one of my major moments was when I was in a relationship and we had really worked on the relationship for a couple of weeks. And I thought we were in a really great place. And then all of a sudden, my brain just started with all these intrusive thoughts. And so I was journaling and I was like, you know what? Let me check. So I flipped back by page 30 days and the exact same sentence was written. Oh, my gosh. And I was like, oh, okay. Hmm. It's my hormones. I don't actually – like this isn't actually my reality. Yeah. And that allows you to kind of take a step back and give yourself a little bit more grace. Give yourself that time and – you know, the world isn't built for women on Mm -hmm. our cyclical patterns. Mm -hmm. So to be able to actually truly understand it really does feel super empowering.
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah, I for sure noticed on a monthly basis, like I'll hit a a day or a few days where I'm like, wow, everything sucks. Like (laughs) (laughs) nothing has changed, but it's like, maybe I should burn down my business. Maybe (laughs) my fiance doesn't even like me anymore. I don't know. I don't know. Something's really off. And then like three, four days later, I'm like, oh, okay. I'm good. I'm good. Everything makes sense. Yeah. And so now I I do keep track of that. And I know every month, like, okay, we're not making any decisions (laughs) for at least like three to four days after feeling that way. And I have brought that up to my clients before too. And now they're noticing it because- we are like always in flux. And especially, I work with entrepreneurs and like business is emotional, business yeah. is personal. Like, there is so much invested into it and you care so much. So, then when everything feels terrible, like that, that cuts deep.
0: Mm-hmm. <laughs> and it yeah. lingers too. And if right. you, it's that lingering effect that really I struggled with. But, you know, if you're able to predict and prepare for your patterns, then you're able to kind of mitigate a lot of that added stress or added negativity toward it.
1: Yeah. Okay. So I'm really curious. We have a lot of like goal driven, ambitious women listening to this show. So, in a perfect world, if we all had like a lot of autonomy over our career and our job, maybe they're entrepreneurs or maybe we're just going to pretend they have full autonomy in their corporate job or whatever it is, what would be like the ideal either type of work or projects or schedules that would align with each phase of the cycle?
0: Sure. So actually, I recommend my clients and I do it myself, but I actually have a color-coded calendar.
1: That's amazing.
0: (laughs) Projects like what phase you'll be in. And of course, especially if you're not as regular, it'll vary, but you're around the same amount, like you're around there. Yeah. And so we color code it so that, you know, your menstrual phase, your period phase, especially the first day or two, that's really a time to rest and go introspective. That's a day to, even if you're not able to take the day off, to do more self-care practices, take Mm -hmm. an Epsom salt bath, relax a little bit, give yourself some self-care and this is also a great time to reflect on the previous cycle so without judgment go through your previous cycle and see what worked really well see what maybe needs to be tweaked a little bit and mm. Do a little bit more introspective thing and planning because in your follicular phase, that's when estrogen is rising and that's when energy is usually rising and you start to feel really good. You start to feel motivated. So that's the time to really put things into action, to start executing that those plans that you've been putting off or whatever it is. And then in your ovulatory phase, like you said, that was the time that you're feeling often your best, you're the mm-hmm. most confident. And if you think about it primally, this is when we're fertile. Yeah. So this is when you know our skin is glowing, we're social, we're on point, we're focused. And this is a great time to do those, again, more social things. To do those presentations, those to ask for a raise. I always recommend asking for a raise during this time. Yeah. Because <laughs> you'll feel better doing it. <laughs> but
1: also, isn't there from like the flip side, don't other people also perceive you differently on that like primal level? Maybe it's pheromones. I don't know. Mm-hmm. But I feel like even like my partner is like, magnetized to me when I'm ovulating. I'm like, stay away. (laughs) That's
0: our bodies are actually doing that. Yeah. And it's so it's so cool to actually just go back to ourselves and go back into our bodies to recognize that there's so many other things going on that we might not notice on like a conscious basis. Mm -hmm. But subconsciously and just primitively, our bodies are doing this for a specific reason. Like this is Mm -hmm. when we're fertile. We're beings that are, you know, meant to reproduce. Like, yeah, not necessarily meant to reproduce. Don't, don't feel pressured, but you know, probably. <laughs> Yes. Yes. So this is a really great time to do those more social things. And, you know, I talk about relationships too. That's a great time to go on dates. Your senses are actually heightened during this time. You have a better sense of smell, vision, taste, and it, that's a really great time to really capitalize on your creativity and your motivation. Mm -hmm. and then when you're going into your luteal phase especially in the later luteal phase that's more of a time for the more administrative tasks you Mm. may not feel as motivated to do so many things but that's a really great time for like cleanup yeah like
1: more busy work type of stuff exactly yeah
0: exactly so yeah and again, if you just need some extra care days during that time, take them. Mm -hmm. Don't feel guilty that you say no to an event and you go take a bath instead. Mm -hmm. You know, like, again, giving ourselves grace that we're not always at the level 100. We actually can optimize each phase so that we're overall more productive in the long run and Mm -hmm. Overall, we feel more productive and more confident in the long run because we're actually listening to ourselves. We're actually living in alignment with our natural rhythms.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think it makes a huge difference, like you said, with grace and just that awareness. Because I used to be someone who would honestly just get annoyed with like having having to have a period, having to deal with PMS, having to like fluctuate all the time, like because I am so. Achievement oriented, but I also was like living very much in like hustle culture. Yeah. If we want to go there, like living very much in my masculine energy, like always pushing, always going. And so I was almost, I felt like it was an inconvenience of like, why, why can't it just be the same? <laughs> like, why do I have to deal with this? And now that I understand the way each cycle kind of, or each phase kind of ebbs and flows and has its own strength, is something that I can like embrace and see as at minimum a neutral thing, if not like certain phases as a positive thing. Mm-hmm. And it's all about that, just like awareness and intention behind it.
0: 100%. I love that. Yeah.
1: Okay. Amazing. So what else should people be looking into when it comes to cycle syncing other than like activities and rest in terms of, I know like your nutrition can vary, your supplements can vary. I have friends who like seed cycle. There's so much other th- other stuff that we can use to support our different phases. What What else should we like shine a light on or bring that awareness to? Yeah,
0: I would love to shine a light on nutrition. I mean, I'm a certified holistic nutritionist. So this is really where I started with it Mm -hmm. was how can we support our body through each phase? Because during each phase, our body needs different things. So for instance, in your menstrual phase, most women are losing about two milligrams of iron per day of their bleed. And iron is a common nutrient deficiency, especially in women. And if you don't have enough of it, you're likely feeling really lethargic and fatigued and you have brain fog. And of course, that affects us. So especially during your menstrual phase, try to consume a little bit more iron. Consume less alcohol. Try to avoid alcohol and coffee during this time because it actually – it inhibits your body from absorbing iron. you know. And so many mm. of us are like, oh, I'm tired. I need more coffee. When really that could be doing the opposite in this phase. Yeah. Yeah. Try to take some time off of coffee during your menstrual phase and you might actually notice a difference. Mm-hmm. And then in your follicular phase, you really want to support estrogen and you want to support that growing follicle. But another thing that's really important is to be able to metabolize that estrogen out. A lot of the health issues that we're finding with the Many women is too much estrogen and too much unopposed progesterone. So if you if you're not there's a lot of xenoestrogens in the world. And what xenoestrogens are are they're synthetic chemicals that mimic estrogen in the body, and mm-hmm. they have more of an inflammatory effect, and can really really mess with our hormones. They're endocrine disruptors, meaning mm-hmm. that they they disrupt your hormones. So a lot of the products that we use, like fragrances and plastics, et cetera, those add to the synthetic estrogens in our body that we really need to help support the filter. Mm -hmm. And so therefore, it's really important to eat things like cruciferous vegetables, broccoli, cauliflower, Brussels sprouts, kale, because that really helps your body metabolize that excess estrogen and actually eliminate it from the body. And that's really important during that time. And then as you go into your ovulatory phase, this is when estrogen is at its highest. So estrogen gets processed out of the liver. So it's really important to focus on anti-inflammatories and supporting your liver during that time because you don't want that excess inflammation that makes it harder for your body to eliminate. Mm -hmm. So consuming things like turmeric and ginger and things to help with your circulation like cayenne pepper, And things like that really help to support that phase. And then as you enter into your luteal phase, you really want to support progesterone production, increase your zinc, increase your vitamin E, and continue to help your body metabolize out that excess, those excess hormones, and support your liver. Mm -hmm. And if you've noticed through this time, the only thing that I've told you to potentially avoid is caffeine and alcohol. Mm -hmm. Cycle syncing is really about adding in things to support mm-hmm. yourself. And Versus restricting. Exactly. I think that's yeah. so, so important to focus on. It's not that you can't have certain things at this time or you can't have certain things. It's not a restrictive. It's not like diet culture. Mm-hmm. It's just being able to support your body through these natural elements and through these vitamin and minerals that can really, really be beneficial. And of mm-hmm. course, if you do suffer from certain hormonal issues, PCOS, endometriosis, severe PMS... It may be more important to avoid certain things, especially just for a shorter amount of time,
1: Mm -hmm.
0: because if you're actually able to go in and get to the root cause and the root issues that are there, then you're able to focus on that and heal that. And your body, a healthy body can withstand a lot more. It's much Mm -hmm. more resilient. So don't think that, you know, if you have to go do an elimination diet or go gluten-free for a while or go dairy-free for a while. That usually doesn't have to happen if you're doing it in in the right protocol. Most nutritional protocols, if you're going to do it with a healthcare professional, is about 90 days. Mm -hmm. But after that time, even though that time might be really restrictive, after that time, your body is so much more resilient. And if you're doing it properly, you should be able to go back to certain things Mm -hmm. if, if you don't have an actual allergy to it if you actually repair your gut health and you repair your hormones, you can go back to a lot of those things.
1: Yeah, you can reintroduce those things. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I noticed personally a huge difference when I was dealing with like my Hashimoto's that I referenced before. I made like huge diet and lifestyle changes to initially like figure out what's triggering me, like what's making me feel more sluggish, what's making me feel more inflamed. Once I got down to like baseline and kind of had a clean slate. I can now eat and, like, I can be a lot more relaxed with my lifestyle and be a lot less strict with cutting things out or having, like, as much rest or whatever it might be, drinking alcohol than I used to be able to. But that's because I, like, reset kind of my systems, if you will. Like, that that's a very, like, oversimplified way of, of yeah. describing it. But, like, because I went through that period of, like, really figuring it out and really committing to that process – My body is so much more resilient and like elastic with kind of my lifestyle. Mm -hmm. But if I had just been like, well, that's too much to like handle or like I don't want to I don't want to fully commit and I only did it halfway, I wouldn't have that flexibility and kind of elasticity while also feeling good now.
0: Yeah. And I'm sure when you look back on it, even though at that time it probably seemed like it was it just kept going and it was never going to stop. Oh, yeah. Yeah. But now when you look back on it, you're like, oh, this was like 90 days. That was that went by so quickly. Think back to 90 days ago and you'll be like, oh, my goodness, that was the start of summer. Summer's already yeah. over. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> like I, I know. You know, and now it can be years later that you're feeling so much better. And what I love about this also is that once you do go through that, you're – able to notice when things might be askew Mm -hmm. a lot faster and you're able to capture them a lot quicker. Like I will notice, you know, the start of COVID, I went through that bread making phase. I admit it. (laughs) (laughs) And I had been experiencing a lot of brain fog and a lot of other issues. And then it started showing up on my skin and -hmm. I started getting really bad acne, which I had never had before. And I was like, okay, I see it. I will do it. Thank you. Noted. Noted. So I ended up, you know, going through a protocol for about thirty or sixty days and I have had two zit since. Like Yeah. You know, and I'm I reintroduce bread into my diet and I have it every once in a while. But I notice Mm -hmm. also if I will continuously consume something that I know is not good for me or like not rest, not prioritize sleep, I'll notice certain things, but then it all makes sense and I can I can really click back to where It comes from and be Mm -hmm. able to address it much faster so it doesn't last as long. The, you know, repair doesn't have to be as harsh or as long as well.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And I think finding that baseline and getting that perspective and like realizing how good you're supposed to feel Mm. is something that is super valuable because over time, I think we like we get more and more fatigued or more and more foggy or more and more puffy, but like because it's gradual we might not even notice until we're like, holy shit, like what is, where am I? <laughs> like what is going on? And having that just awareness is, is is the key to being able to notice that stuff. And now I really can notice, like I literally just ate that 30 minutes ago and I already feel it was kind of like not great noted. Like I, I have that, uh, I'm so in tune with my body now because I went through that.
0: Yeah. I love that.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Okay. So to close us off, or close us out with this conversation what are some like really actionable simple things that women can change in maybe their household their routines to just better support their hormones maybe it's nutrition maybe it's getting sunlight in the morning like what are kind of your go-to really accessible i don't want to say biohacks but that kind of is what they are
0: first off i would say to track your symptoms so mm-hmm. make it a habit, like at night before you go to bed, journal a little bit, put your phone away because that really disrupts melatonin, your sleep mm-hmm. hormone. I'm guilty and, of that for sure. You know, we all are. <laughs> <laughs> we definitely are. But it's it's really, really valuable to, you know, just put your phone away and maybe just like write a little bit, write about your symptoms, what you're feeling and just like stream of consciousness, right? Because also when we we're talking about symptoms, they're... They don't necessarily seem connected at, at mm-hmm. first because why would you think that me feeling foggy or not being able to focus has anything to do with my ovaries? You know, but when you actually start to notice it, you're able to really create these patterns and you'll understand your specific patterns a lot better. Mm-hmm. So that would be first and foremost to do that. But then with the nutrition, I would 100% say to. Start looking into cycle syncing your nutrition. It's mm-hmm. so valuable. But just as a nutritional tip, eating plant based fiber, 30 different types of plant based fiber per week is like one of my favorite tips because. Mm-hmm. Plant-based fiber includes, of course, your fruits and your vegetables, but also your nuts, your seeds, your legumes, et cetera. And this really helps to support your microbiome, which is so essential in your overall health, your mental health, your reproductive health, and of course, your gut health. So Mm -hmm. definitely try to do that. And then another one of my favorite, just like quick hacks is adaptogens. And this, mm-hmm. is, this can be like a totally other <laughs> <laughs> yeah. podcast. There's a whole rabbit hole. Of whole adaptogens, rabbit hole. For sure. But adaptogens are things that help your body deal with stress better. And mm-hmm. they've helped me so much. I've created my own supplement because of that. And they're really, really valuable in just allowing yourself to be able to focus more and feel like it just helps your body deal with stress better. Mm-hmm. So even if you have external stress, it can... Really make you a little bit more resilient. And then, of course, to prioritize sleep, prioritize. I think also women have a habit of not prioritizing themselves Mm -hmm. and going to the ends of the earth to make sure that everyone else is okay. Yeah. And, you know, that shows up in your not just your relationships like at home, but also your workplace relationships, your school, et cetera, et cetera, that it's really important to every once in a while turn back to yourself. Mm-hmm. And I think especially during the menstrual phase, that's a really great time to do it just to, to be introspective a little bit and give yourself the care and the grace and the time that you actually deserve. Mm-hmm.
1: Having boundaries is honestly one of the one of the ultimate biohacks. Mm-hmm.
0: Seriously. Yeah. It supports all of, your, all of your health. Yeah,
1: absolutely. Okay, well, I think we'll have to have you back for more talk on adaptogens because that's something that I know I've dabbled in a little bit, but I don't feel educated enough to really, like, get the full power from them, and I think that that's probably one of the most common, like, experiences amongst women who like dabble in wellness and are into wellness, but like adaptogens for some reason just feel kind of not scary, but like mysterious to me where I'm like, I don't want to get it. I don't want to get it wrong. Like I, I know they're really powerful, so I don't want to get it wrong. Oh, I'm so,
0: very interested in having a full conversation yeah.
1: about that. <laughs> okay. Amazing. We'll have to get that on the calendar. But in the meantime, where can people find you? Where can they learn more about your courses, your supplements?
0: Where do they go on their their deep dive after this? So I am on Instagram and TikTok, nicole.bendian. You can also email me. Feel free to, nicole at nicolebendian.com. You can visit my website. It is thesyncsociety.com. I will be releasing my courses again in the coming weeks. So definitely keep a lookout for that. Join my email list. And yeah, I just hope that I can help support you.
1: Amazing. Thank you so, so much for your time, sharing your wisdom with us. And we can't wait to have you back Ready? Thanks for having (laughs) me. Yeah, of course.